We finally have the official word on BYU and Notre Dame tickets, and it doesn't look promising. If you're a regular BYU fan, you may want to get in contact with your uncle, who happens to be a high roller with the Cougar Club, if you plan on making the trip to Las Vegas this October to watch the fight in Irish and the Cougars. But we'll also talk a little bit about BYU's quarterback situation as part of our position group preview series, getting ready for BYU training camp starting in just two weeks' time. If Jaron Hall has any type of issue this year, who's behind him and what is their capability? we got all that in more ahead on today's edition of Locked on Cougars. You are Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars coming to you Monday through Friday making sure you guys as our goal is here simply stated to make you the smartest BYU fan or fans in the room so a big thank you for checking out the show you guys are absolutely incredible and got a lot to talk about ahead on today's show but way of introduction real quick my name is Jake I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City as a radio producer slash reporter covering all things all sports here in the great state of Utah the Beehive State but in the meantime I do a lot of this on the side a podcast Casting. I love talking about the Cougars every single day, so thank you for taking the time to check us out. All right, let's get going on today's show, and let's talk a little about BYU's quarterback situation ahead of the 2022 season. It's crazy to think, folks, two weeks from today, BYU players and coaches will officially be reporting for BYU training camp. It's crazy to think it's that close, but I, for one, cannot wait to have the season underway. Very much looking forward to being back out there at the Student Athlete Building in Provo to cover practices, talk with players and coaches and I just this is a really really fun time of year I know it's blazing hot outside especially for those of you who are here in Utah like I am it's been a hundred and some odd degrees every single day for the better part of two weeks but hey that means football is getting close, and that is the positive news, and I, for one, cannot wait. But let's talk a little bit about BYU's quarterback situation because Jaron Hall goes into the uh, fall as the undisputed number one guy for BYU football. Kalani Satake could show up day one and say, well, we're making it a competition. We're going to let these all these guys compete. And I say, yeah, Kalani, come on. You don't got to blow smoke up our skirts about this. We all know that Jaron Hall is the guy for BYU at quarterback. He is a fantastic player. I think a guy who is poised to have an absolutely breakout campaign. I think a guy that's really to kind of splash onto the national scene as a quarterback because what he did last year in just 10 games, completing 189 of 296 passes for 2,583 yards with 20 touchdowns, that efficiency rating he had, it was 156.07, which had him in the top 25 nationally at number 23. With 307 yards rushing on the ground, he had 289 total yards of offense on average per game, ranking number 19 in the country for the 2021 season. Jaron Hall is a bona fide star for the BYU football team, and he is a guy who I think is going to see his star 
just really take off nationally. We're already seeing it with some of these uh, mock drafts out there saying that he could be a first-round draft pick. I've seen some of them as high as number 10 or number 9 in the mock drafts that are out there. So very much a long way to go with regards to those. But uh, goal number one for a guy like Jaron Hall is the first thing I mentioned there. In just 10 games last year, he did that out of 13 for BYU. You need to see Jaron Hall play a full season for BYU. And I'm not necessarily uh, expecting at this point that you will see him for a full for a full year. I don't know if we can expect 13 games out of Jaron Hall. I'd like to think that we are going to be able to see that this year, but I cannot bet on it because he has not done that at any point during his BYU career so far. So, should Jaron Hall falter, have an injury, or just need to be replaced at some point this season, what does BYU have behind him? Well, they have a former five-star prospect in Jacob Conover who saw action in two games last year playing at Utah State. He closed out that game uh, behind Baylor Romney and also appeared against Idaho State. He's been with the program for three years now and should be more than capable of stepping into this position. We talked about this probably going back a month or so ago. Uh, somebody sent me a link to him talking about his mental health issues and how he's really really worked on overcoming them. What I saw during spring ball from from uh, Conover, and I'm not going to say that it was like, holy smokes, he's a new player type of a deal, but as spring ball progressed and everything I heard about this as well, that as spring ball went along, he very much kind of stepped into the role and made it his own, speaking of that backup quarterback position. He got plenty of time with the ones in spring ball. It's not a period where you're taking all the one reps and giving them to Jaron Hall because this is a time, and speaking of spring, for you to experiment with stuff. And the nice part was was for Conover, he got time with the first string offensive line. He got chances to throw passes to guys like Puka Nakua, Gunnar Romney, Keanu Hill, those kind of those frontline receivers, the tight ends, Dallin Holker, etc. And that, I think, had him feeling a lot better about what he's capable of doing on the football field. I'm not saying he's a scrub by any means, or he was a scrub before this. The biggest thing for him was getting time and getting his confidence back. And everything I've heard about Conover is that he is a guy who's really starting to emerge and really become the player that BYU thought they were getting coming out of Chandler High School in Arizona. Would you have liked him to be a little more game-ready early on in his career? Maybe so, but the thing is, he was also playing behind guys like Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall. Uh, You also had Baylor Romney right there in the mix, who in another era of BYU football, what is Baylor Romney, a three- or four-year starter? He was really that good, folks. There's been a lot of good quarterbacks in front of Jacob Conover so far in his career, and I really think that this fall, should he be called upon, will be his chance to really step out into the limelight and show what he's going to do. He's probably going to be the guy, in my opinion, that leads BYU into Big 12 play. I just I see the way things are trending right now. Who else are you going to put up there that's going to be the guy that's going to overtake him. I guess the one guy that some might, some of you might be uh, shouting at your <laughs> podcast player or shouting at your uh, computer with your YouTube up, probably shouting a little Cade Fennigan. Cade Fennigan transferred in from Boise State a year ago. He was a quarterback uh, for the scout team this past year. He is now eligible. The issue was, in spring ball, we were all expecting, speaking of the media, I think many of you out there as well, to see and hear more from him during spring ball. Well, he had a lingering injury concern that as spring ball went on, we saw less and less of him out there on the football field. So what is Cade Fennigan going to offer to BYU? Who knows? But he will have to show that in training camp to see if he can make up the 
ground he lost during spring ball to a guy like Jacob Conover. The nice part is, I think both Fennigan as well as Conover are very talented quarterbacks, albeit young quarterbacks, who I think will have a chance this fall to really start to work on their game and really start to kind of step in to that uh, the, the shoes that we expect Jaron Hall will leave should Jaron Hall decide that this is his final season in a BYU uniform. The only reason I don't see Jaron Hall leaving BYU as they go into the Big 12 is if he has an injury that ends his season early. That's really the only way I don't see Jaron Hall leaving. And even then, he might still consider it just due to his age because he's a guy who has served a mission. A guy like Jacob Conover and Fennigan have also served missions. So they're a little older, albeit having a youth in terms of the overall eligibility on their side. I think those would be your two guys who really compete to become the heir apparent behind Jaron Hall, to be the number two guy, the guys who are training to be BYU's next quarterback as they begin the Big 12 era. But there are two other names you'll want to pay attention to on the roster this fall, and those include Soljay Maiava-Peters, as well as Nick Billups, who are rounding out the quarterback room. So there are five quarterbacks in this room for BYU. Could a surprise pop up once training camp opens if BYU decides to add a walk-on potentially? Sure, that could happen, but the way I'm going about these these previews is I'm going with the guys that BYU threw out on their roster when it came to their uh, media day just under a month ago. So these are the guys that are on the roster currently. Now, Soljay Maiava-Peters is just a true athlete playing the quarterback position. I, what I love about Soljay is he is a guy that when he's on the football field, you don't know what's going to happen. And that can be both bad and good because he is a he's a bit of a wild card uh, when he's out there. He's not necessarily the biggest arm or the most accurate or the biggest quarterback overall. I think they list him at six foot. He might be, more, if he's 5'10", I'd be stunned. But he is not necessarily the most polished and just most incredible quarterback out there. But when he's out there, his ability to scramble and just make plays makes him an intriguing option. I think he's obviously probably going to be further down the depth chart than guys like Cade Fennigan and Jacob Conover. But if he really is honed his craft and maybe avoid some of the what we call those critical mistakes a, a, a bad interception when you're scrambling around uh, getting strip sacked that type of stuff the, the, the gambler mentality he plays with in many ways that wild card mentality when it comes to catastrophic errors, turnovers, uh, getting your team in bad spots, taking a bad sack, that type of stuff, if he can get rid of that stuff, he's a guy who could be a factor for BYU at quarterback but the issue is at this point in his career do we really expect that from him? That is the question. Now, the other players, Nick Billups, a former walk-on from the University of Utah, a transfer. He is a dual threat as well. Uh, more of a quarterback than a guy like Soljay Maiava-Peters. Soljay, essentially to me, Soljay is the true dual threat quarterback. Equal ability to run with equal ability to throw. We, we all hear about dual threat quarterbacks. Well, that's what a dual threat is. Nick Billups has good athleticism, maybe not the same level as Soljay Maiava-Peters, but he's got a little more seasoning as a quarterback overall. Both of these guys, I was of the opinion, this is just my personal opinion, I thought both of them coming to BYU at some point during their career, especially early on where they're at right now, I thought they may end up playing a different position, whether it might be a running back, a wide receiver, moving over to the defensive side of the football and playing a safety type deal. Neither one of them them have done that quite yet. Uh, Nick Billups, if the story is what I heard it was, he decided to transfer to BYU to continue to play quarterback because Utah wanted him to try a different
different positions. So the five guys in this quarterback room, there's a lot of youth there behind Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall is a redshirt junior who has been on a mission. He's been at BYU for a very long time. Uh, the crazy thing about this is I think Jacob Conover, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he's a redshirt freshman despite having three years in the program already. There's a lot of youth in this quarterback room. The biggest question mark will be, are we going, A, are we going to see, I guess number one, are we going to see a full season from Jaron Hall? And if we do, how far up draft boards can he truly go? If he is as good as he has been cracked up to be by some of these NFL draft analysts, he could be a first-round draft pick. And think about that. A second first-round draft pick in just three years' time for the BYU football program, that's pretty darn impressive for a guy like Aaron Roderick to have that on his uh resume. The other thing about this is, is if you lose Jaron Hall for any length of time, is Jacob Conover up to the up to snuff? Is he, is he ready to go? Is he ready to be the guy for BYU at quarterback? This season will prove that. If not, we could see BYU looking in the transfer portal slash recruiting circles to maybe bring in a junior college transfer or another player from another program to compete with Conover and Cade Fennigan as BYU goes into Big 12 play. I think that Aaron Roderick and the rest of the coaching staff at BYU would love nothing more than for Jacob Conover, number 17 himself, to really assert himself, really say that the backup court position quarterback position is mine this fall and I am going to be the guy moving forward when Jaron Hall moves on. That is, I think, what BYU wants to see. But could a guy like Cade Fennigan, could Sol J. Maiava-Peters, or could Nick Billups emerge from the shadows and become that guy? Training camp is the opportunity for those guys to show what they can do, but it sure looks, it looks like there is a pretty good pecking order at quarterback for BYU. And so long as Jaron Hall is healthy, this offense for BYU could be absolutely incredible. It could be 2020 type offense good. It just it, There are so many weapons at Jaron Hall's disposal. His mastery of this offense, it could be a really, really fun year for BYU, especially led by their star quarterback. Alright, coming up here in just a minute, one of the games on the schedule, maybe the biggest game on the schedule is coming up on October 8th as BYU heads to Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas to take on Notre Dame. The problem is, if you're a BYU fan, you might have a hard time getting there unless you want to really pay through the nose. We'll talk about the quarter, not the quarterback, the ticket situation for BYU Notre Dame here in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at uh, LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are getting back to business, LinkedIn Jobs is making it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free, my friends. That's you heard that right. F-R-E-E, free. Create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond with the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire as well. This is why small businesses are rating LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers are visiting LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, my friends, which NFL stars are going to move the betting lines the most? Starting today, the Locked On Podcast Network, the Locked On NFL channel in particular, is giving you the top 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers over at Bet Online. Available starting today on the Locked On NFL channel, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. A very intriguing way to kind of go about uh, rating the best players in the NFL, essentially from a betting perspective 
uh, perspective. Is this quarterback as valuable as he think he is? In ter- as valuable as he thinks he is with regards to the overall betting lines? Should he get injured or not be available? Well, it may have your top fifty list of NFL players a little different from our friends at Bet Online. But check that out starting today on the Locked On NFL channel. All right, let's talk a little bit about BYU and Notre Dame. Obviously, many of you are planning uh, on going to Las Vegas. I've talked to a number of you. I had no less than I think six different messages, but whether it was via email, a couple of my friends who had my phone number texted me. I also talked to some people via DM on Twitter and some messages asking about the Notre Dame situation for BYU this past weekend because we got the official word that BYU and Notre Dame tickets are going to go on sale beginning tomorrow for BYU fans. The problem is that this is being considered essentially a home game for Notre Dame. It's a Shamrock Series game. They usually take a game every year which would have been a home game and move it around the country. Now it allows Notre Dame fans to travel obviously and have those fans in that region of the country, similar to BYU fans show up in droves. But the problem is BYU being the quote-unquote visiting team is going to get a lesser uh, ticket uh, allotment than they would have gotten even uh, for a neutral site game. For example, last year against Arizona, BYU and Arizona at Allegiant Stadium was officially uh, considered a neutral contest. Uh, Last year, Allegiant Stadium, the home of Las Vegas Raiders, gave BYU 12,000 tickets uh, to sell to its fans as part of that. Well, that was a neutral contest. Now, as a visiting team designation for this game at Allegiant Stadium. BYU's allotment's even smaller than it was a year ago with that 12,000 tickets. So if you're planning on making the trip to Sin City and yours truly is planning on making it, you're going to maybe need to fork out a little extra cash unless you happen to have a relative, a really good friend, who, who I don't know what you got uh, in your network, of people who are high up in the Cougar Club because the priority is going in terms of overall uh, level of the Cougar Club you happen to be in. If you're in the president's circle, guess what? You get first crack at the tickets beginning tomorrow, and then it continues on throughout the succeeding days later this week until Friday the 22nd. If any tickets, which I highly doubt there will be, if there are, there will probably be very limited numbers. Those will be made available to the general public. So, if you plan on going to this game, either A, you get in with somebody you know who is a Cougar Club member and beg, plead, and hope that they can help you out, get those tickets, or the secondary market's probably going to be your friend. Notre Dame fans are going to have the vast majority of the tickets. I know that BYU fans, I know many of you out there are probably thinking, why in the world did BYU agree to this? And I wish I had a good answer for you. Honestly, I wish I had a good answer from a BYU administration. Tom Homo and the BYU Brain Trust and their athletic department would have to answer this question more clearly. And I think at some point, probably the week of this game especially, they will probably address this. The, the situation at hand was that BYU finally wanted to finish the three-game series they had against Notre Dame. My issue with it is you just agreed, essentially. You just handed a, what was supposed to be a home game. You played the two road games back in the mid-2000s. I actually went to one of those games. It was 2012, if, I'm, if I recall correctly. Is that the year that Notre Dame went undefeated and make it to, made it to the national championship game only to get curb stomped? Was it by Bama? But nonetheless, I was at that game. BYU played them out there in South Bend. Well, you were supposed to have a return game in Provo as part of that. And it was being put off. And it was like, well, we'll see on that. We have good conversations with Jack. Swarbrick and the Notre Dame Athletic Department and we'll have more information on that we'll make sure that uh, we get that game done, we'll we'll fulfill that series and that was the same kind of refrain we heard from the Notre Dame side of things but it sounds like at this time, it sounds like at this point, BYU essentially said, we'll take the game, doesn't matter where it's played and we'll play it on your terms Notre Dame so essentially BYU traded what was supposed to be a home game, essentially handed them 
uh, uh, Notre Dame a home game. So you essentially played a three for nothing uh, series against Notre Dame during Independence. Ugh, I, it doesn't sit right with me. I, I, I'll be honest. Like the the idea that you were supposed to have a home game and you ceded pretty much all control of the game just to get it played, and you play you're playing it in Las Vegas. Okay, Vegas is not bad. I, I don't have a problem with playing it in Vegas, but to give all control of the game, make it a Shamrock Series game where it's a pseudo home game for Notre Dame, where they control the ticket allotment, they're going to have the vast majority of their fans in the stands because we all know that Notre Dame travels about as well as any fan base not named BYU out there. It just, it does not sit right with me. But I think that BYU just wanted to fulfill the contract and needed to get it done. And the only way to do it, I'm sure Notre Dame was just like, this is this is how we're going to go about this. And BYU said, okay, let's just do it. And was there maybe some frustration on the part of BYU administration saying, you know what, just give us the game. It doesn't matter. It is what it is. Maybe so. But I don't think we'll ever get a straight answer out of BYU on this. I would hope we would. I hope that a guy like Tom Homo might be a little more forthcoming on exactly what led to him ceding the control for this game. Because you could have easily controlled this game in Las Vegas. You could have said, Notre Dame, we'll play in Las Vegas. We're going to make it what do you want to call it? A Cougar Classic type game. Uh, it's called the Shamrock Series for BYU. We want to call it Cougar Classic. I don't know what you want to call it. But the the thing about this is, is you really just kind of kowtowed to what Notre Dame wanted to do. And that just that part doesn't sit right with me. Now, it gives me another idea. So this is kind of a two-part thing on this. I'm all for BYU going in to Big 12 play, playing in Notre Dame uh, type deal where you play that they call it the Shamrock Series. That's what I'm trying to talk about here. BYU should pursue that. Maybe make Allegiant Stadium, get a get a deal done with the Raiders, with Mark Davis down there to make it, I guess, a quote-unquote Cougar classic where you play a high-level opponent. Teams like Alabama are not ever going to come to Provo. Let's be honest about this. Even with BYU joining the big time, being a member of a Power 5 conference, that's just not going to happen. But could you go to those administrations of those high-level opponents and say, okay, you may not want to play us in Provo, but what about playing us in Las Vegas. It's a draw for fans. We all know that. BYU fans, there's a lot of them already down there in the Las Vegas area. It's drivable for Southern Utah, the Wasatch Front, Arizona, California. It draws fans to it. We all know this. Las Vegas is a destination. BYU should pursue this in Big 12 play. If you have to cede control of a potential home game on any given year to play that, I'd be all for that if I'm BYU. But you do not under any circumstances, do what you've done with Notre Dame here. You do not give up control to the fighting Irish and say, we'll play it on your terms. We're okay just playing and playing the game. None of that. There that 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 crap is done. It's over. You're not you're not you're not playing that game no more with opponents. This is the, I I like playing Notre Dame. I really do, but to play it on their terms it just screams to me that BYU just wanted the contract fulfilled and said, fine, just play it, whatever, we'll just play the game. I just, I, I don't like the way things went down with this because essentially you played, uh, you played three, you played three road games. You, you essentially, you sent a two for one and ended up playing three for zero. That just doesn't sit right with me. But if it can help BYU really establish its presence even more so than it already is in Las Vegas, and maybe, yeah, really establish a neutral site series where you can play some high-level opponents in Las Vegas, maybe some good can come out of this. That is just, the, I guess that's me looking, trying to look at the positive side of this, but 
It doesn't seem like in terms of the ticket allotment, that type of stuff, none of this was fair on BYU's side. Hopefully BYU can go down there and win that game. That'd be a pretty big upset because I think Notre Dame, they're top 10 at worst preseason, and they're going to be a very good team. You go down there and knock them off in Las Vegas, that'd be a huge win for Kalani Sitake and his program. And I would love if a guy like Tom Homo, he won't do this. I mean, just hypothetically, after a, a win for BYU in Las Vegas gets up there to the podium, well, we played it on their terms, and then we beat them at their own game. That'd be kind of fun, but that's not going to happen. It's just it's a pie-in-the-sky type thing for me talking about that. But it just it doesn't sit right with me that BYU essentially ceded all control for this game just to get the contract fulfilled. They're, they're, the home game part of this, none of it was in BYU's favor. It was always Notre Dame's favor that came first in this series. And that that's unfortunate because I always thought that Notre Dame and BYU had a fairly decent relationship going back to their first time they ever played back in the 1990s. They played off and on in the succeeding decades, but apparently Notre Dame still thinks that they run the college football world. And in this circumstance, they pretty much took advantage of BYU. It's... I don't know. It, it, it's tough to swallow. It, I really look at that. I'm like, man, that's just that. That is a tough, tough pill to swallow. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll wrap up today's show with some really cool news on the BYU men's golf front. We had a really cool uh, U.S. Not U.S. Utah State amateur over the weekend. BYU back on top at the Utah State Am. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends at Bet Online. They are your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball scores, golf, esports, and more. It's all available now at betonline.net. They are your continued source for your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, once again, and scores. It also has all of the scores you could find for every sport around the world. If you're a cricket fan, they've got that. No matter what you're interested in, podcasts, news, got it all covered for you this season. So get to betonline.net. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action available to you now. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, before we go on today's show, a big thank you once again to LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. All right, before we go on today's show, let's talk about the Utah State Amateur this week. And Zach Jones is a guy you probably want to get to know if you're a BYU fan and a golf fan at that. He absolutely killed it this year, the rising sophomore just really rolled through the Utah State Amateur. He uh, was fantastic. He beat a fellow local product, Cal golfer Simon Kwan, who is actually the grandson of Johnny Miller, a former Cougar in his own right, beat him 4-3 and three Saturday at Soldier Hollow Golf Club in the championship match of the longest continuously held golf tournament in the world, the 124th playing of the Utah State Amateur. Uh, Jones said after the match, he said, I felt like I was in the zone all week long. He was also the medalist after rounds of 66 and 66 on the Golden silver courses uh, in the stroke play competition early in the week. So he was just the uh, machine all week long. I kept reading up on this, checking scores every day. The Utah State Amateur is a really cool format because they really whittle down the field by playing stroke play at the courses that they play at around the state, but then they go into match play and in the final, you have to play 36 holes of match play golf. It is a true, uh, uh, it's a proving ground for great golfers. Some of the greats that have come through this state have won that Utah State Amateur, and it's a fantastic victory for Zach Jones. Uh, He actually uh, ends a streak of five straight years of BYU golfers not being on top of the state am, and that's really cool as well because BYU's 
really been the dominant men's golf program in the state, but for five straight years, they had not been on top of the Utah State Amateur. So really fun to see him break that streak as well. So congratulations uh, to Zach Jones on that victory. Uh, he will defend his title next year when the tournament uh, celebrates its 125th straight playing at the Country Club in Salt Lake City. So He'll obviously be back and looking to show what he can do. But uh, congratulations once again to Zach Jones. That's always fun to see a Utah golfer, a guy fr- playing for BYU especially, uh, do what they do in the Utah State Am. By the way, I know that many of you probably don't necessarily pay a ton of attention to college golf. BYU made the NCAA tournament this year. Next year's team, man, they could do some special things if everything continues to go the way it's going. Bruce Brockbank, Todd Miller, the brain trust that runs BYU Men Golf right now. Uh, Todd Miller, of course, the son of Johnny Miller. They've got a really, really talented squad returning to BYU. They obviously play a split season. They play some fall tournaments and also the spring as well. But if you want a team that's kind of off the radar for a lot of BYU fans that is probably going to be pretty darn good this coming season if they continue to do the things they are doing, BYU men's golf is it, folks. Carl Tucker uh, had a fantastic, fantastic run as the head coach at BYU, winning a national title from a cold-weather school in golf. I don't necessarily know that BYU can do that in this day and age of golf, but this year's squad for BYU is maybe the best in quite some time for Bruce Brockbank, the current head coach of the BYU men's golf program. All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the show. A huge thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. i got something fun coming up on tomorrow's show. How talented truly is BYU? BYU squad in terms of just the overall interest from the NFL. Uh, one of the postseason games out there, the NFL Shrine Game, they have uh, the NFL, they have the Senior Bowl, you have the East-West Shrine Game, which I'm talking about. You have all these other uh, showcase events after the season for college seniors and uh, I guess graduated juniors sometimes get invites to this. Well, how talented is BYU squad? Well, the Shrine game gave us a little bit of an insight on that via their watch list they threw out last week. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. We'll also continue with our position group previews, getting you ready for training camp in just two weeks' time, my friends. It is coming fast, but I cannot wait, and we'll talk more about those position group previews as the days come in the lead-up to training camp. So stay tuned for all that, and thank you once again for making us your first listen. Now go make Locked On Big 12 your second listen of the day. All Always a fun conversation with Josh Neighbors getting you all the news from around the Big 12 Conference. Find that free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, that'll do it for us. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast. See ya.